Bam 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 Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. Wow. I'm not Lisa Linky. And I'm not Misty Stinnett. And this is the podcast where we don't read self-help books <laughs> and review them each week. Opposite day. Opposite day. Um, so we are reading the books so that you don't have to if yeah. you don't have the time or don't know if you're interested in a book. Yeah. Or if you want to know more, you can hear a bit of the book and our brilliant, amazing, thorough critique and go read it for yourself and dive in. Yeah, and and all the while you are getting the life-changing self-help perspective that you've been craving or that people have been begging you to receive. That people are just like, get it together. Get some help. Get some self-help. Self. Get some slope. Slope. Thank you. Um, Misty. Lise. I'm very excited because we have a different... Uh, approach today. A sort of different something's happening. What's that from? I just made it up. Oh my God, it sounded so real. Thank you. That was <laughs> singing. A sort of different something is happening. <laughs> it's like a 1960s sort yeah. of party ballad. <clears throat> um, guy, for a key, for a key party. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Guys, Misty and I both read the book this Whoopsie week. daisies. No, intentionally we both read it. We did. Well, we'd both read it before uh-huh. and we were like we want to cover this. It's such a it's such a yeah. popular book. So we mo- we we both made the intention. We both made the intention to mm-hmm. both reread it and now we're going to cover it together and see how that goes. Should we say the whole podcast together? I, I think, think that, that you're gonna you're have to gonna speak, have to speak <laughs> would, would be, be great. great. Um, no, we're not gonna do that, um, guys <laughs> and ladies and ladies and non uh, non guys and ladies. Maybe there are some non binary, gender fluid, gender queer. We're here for you. Listen, also, I I fully expect this to be preserved and broadcast to the heavens. Yeah, when aliens finally find our decimated planet when it's burned itself to hell, <laughs> what this will, will remain be what's remaining is go help yourself. And we hope you're pleased with the um accurate, elevated, yeah, wonderful, delighted, exquisite, very erudite a representation of humanity that we present on this podcast. And it's irony because we didn't help ourselves. We burnt the earth to the ground. Um, guys, today's book is The, the Four Agreements. Agreements. Uh, a Practical Guide to Personal Freedom on a, by, a Toltec Wisdom book. By John Miguel Ruiz. Right. Um, How's it going so far? It's going great. <laughs> guys, uh, this was first published in 1997, mm-hmm. and it has since sold over 6 million copies in yes. the United States and 7 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. It has been translated into 40 languages. It's appeared on the New York Times bestseller for nearly 10 years mm-hmm. and was the 36th best-selling book of the decade. That is a specific number. This is all from Don Miguel's uh, website. Don Miguel (laughs) is also the author of The Mastery of Love, The Mm -hmm. Voice of Knowledge, 
Prayers, and the New York Times bestseller, The Fifth Agreement, Mm -hmm. which was a collaboration with his son, Don Jose Ruiz. Um, Each of his books are international bestsellers. Yes. So Don Miguel has spent the past three decades guiding students to personal freedom through his profound insights regarding the nature of human reality. The youngest of 13 children, he was born in rural Mexico to parents who were healers and practitioners of ancient Toltec traditions. As a young adult, he graduated from medical school in Mexico City and practiced neurosurgery with his older brother in Tijuana. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Neurosurgery. mm -hmm. A near-fatal car crash forever changed the direction of his life, however, causing him to leave medicine and to examine the essential truth about life and humanity. With his mother's help, through her ancestral teachings, he discovered his own path to awareness, which evolved into a deep understanding of the physical universe and the virtual world of the mind. Oh my God, Lisa, do you know exactly what this is? If you say a new earth, I'm going to punch you. No, this is the backstory of Dr. Strange. <gasps> oh, He's like yes. a high-level surgeon who's in an earth-shattering car accident. car accident. And then had to get has like, to, like spiritual wisdom You guys, we're... He's Benedict Cumberbatch. And he can control time. Are you fucking kidding? He like swirls his hands and then there's this swirly fucking vortex ring. You can jump through it. You do it you want you guys don't know this but misty is doing this tiny little like i would describe it as a penguin dancing it's like her a, hands are like moving to the side and she's thrusting her chest and i'm forward. kind of leading with my boobs it's mm-hmm. like a boob forward dance jump through time it's really adorable thank you did you want to know what the book cost yes i do on the kindle it's $2.99 Great. on the paperback it's $7.49 a hardback is a cool $8.45 yes the audible read by peter coyote i know is $14.95 it's very soothing mm-hmm. and it's 213 pages okay and all i i Originally read this book about three and a half years ago on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. Then I listened to the audiobook of this recently. Mm-hmm. And then I thumbed through your hard copy. So I have read this book two and a half times. Um, and it's only a two and a half hour audiobook. It is so quick. That's not fast forwarded at all. That's the full length. So Listen, if you've got. You deserve that after Stephen Covey. Oh my God. Stephen, our last episode, uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, was a 13 hour audiobook. So I could have listened to this six and a half times. Holy cow. I know. Okay. Um, just as a quick primer, because we're going to, the introduction talks about Toltec wisdom. So I'm just going to give everybody a little bit of a primer on Toltec wisdom. Yes, please. To- the Toltecs were a Mesoamerican culture before the Aztecs, um, and they were not a nation um, or race, but scientists uh, and, and artists who formed a society to explore and conserve the spiritual knowledge and practices of the ancient ones. They came together as masters and students in the at the ancient city of pyramids outside Mexico City, and over the millennia, they were forced to conceal the ancestral wisdom and maintain its existence in obscurity. Wow. <clears throat> Toltec knowledge arises from the same essential unity of truth as always the secret esoteric traditions, th- though it is not a religion. It honors all the spiritual masters while it does embrace. Um, I'm just realizing that I had dictated this to my notes while I was reading. Thank you. And Siri has made a very cool choice in some some, <laughs> some, um, some editorial sartorial choices here. Um Okay, so it's not a religion. It honors all the spiritual masters, um, but it does embrace uh, uh, religion, right? Uh, It is most accurately described as a way of life distinguished by the ready accessibility of happiness and love. Something that was said in the introduction in the foreword is everything is God. The real us is pure love, pure light. Mm. And I am made of light. I am made of stars. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it? 
I love that. It made me think of 2001 A Space Odyssey when the monolith turns over and he goes, oh my God, it's made of stars. Thank you. Thank you. Um, they also talk about the domestication of humans. Yep. Um, not, having an, not having a choice in what agreements are made and stored and believed in unconditionally. So a little bit like Eckhart Tolle in that we have this reality, this perception of reality and like what, what we agree to. Yeah. And basically, so so this book is about you know, the four agreements that you can live by to sort of have a better life and get out of what he calls hell. So he says that human beings have made thousands of agreements about Mm -hmm. ourselves, the world around us, how we fit into the world. And it's all sort of arbitrary. And a lot of it's very like toxic and negative. And a lot of it is just stored unconditionally and we don't have control over those. those. They're given to us at birth. And it might be what we have agreed to believe in about God, what we've agreed to believe in Mm -hmm. about ourselves. So that's what an agreement is basically. And he says that all of our normal tendencies as humans are lost in domestication. Mm -hmm. Um, And we end up becoming our own domesticators. So this is a little bit of like we perpetuate this against ourselves as well. Yes. We let fear and the agreements and the judge in our head control our behavior and the fear of doing wrong. And this is why it takes courage to question our beliefs. Can I read a quick um, little bit from Domestication in the Dream of the Planets? I wish you would. Great. So um, Don Miguel Ruiz says, this is how we learn as children. Children believe everything adults say. We agree with them, and our faith is so strong that the belief system controls our whole dream of life. We didn't choose these beliefs, and we may have rebelled against them, but we were not strong enough to win the rebellion. The result is surrender to the beliefs with our agreement. I call this process the domestication of humans, and throughout this domestication, we learn how to live and how to dream. In human domestication, the information from the outside dream is conveyed to the inside dream, creating our whole belief system. I love that. Yeah. So basically we have, I think when he says dream, he means outside awareness Mm -hmm. and inner awareness. Mm -hmm. But he talks about it, the dream of the planet Mm -hmm. and then the inside dream. Mm -hmm. He also said the human is the only animal that pays a thousand times for the same mistakes. Yes. I loved that. Which is something Eckhart Tolle did say. He was like, no, ducks just kind of have it out and then are done with it. Speaking of, I see that you really have loved my duck Instagram uh, posts. Yes. Lisa has been doing an incredible job. If you haven't listened to part two of A New Earth, it's worth it for the duck Duck jokes alone. alone. Yes. Um, uh, He also kind of mentioned that the dream of the planet and hell are one and the same, right? So that, that takes a little bit of an adjustment to think think about and to just kind of accept before moving forward that we create our own hell and we're living it every day and hell is here on earth Mm -hmm. right now among us Mm -hmm. and he talks about this concept um that the toltecs call mitote Mm -hmm. and mitote he says can be likened to a really busy marketplace with a thousand people where Mm -hmm. everyone's speaking at once and no one can really hear each other or get to know each other. Yeah. So he says that that sort of fog that we're living in is the dream of the planet and hell on earth that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, he says, no one abuses you as much as you abuse yourself. And I think that's kind of what he means by hell on earth, right? Yes. And I think Mark Manson called it the feedback loop from hell, which I call doubling down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't do that to anyone else, right? That we yeah. loved or cared about, but yet we do it to ourselves. Yes. On page 21, he also talks about a prelude to a new dream. Would you mind? I would love to. Thank you. There are thousands of agreements you have made with yourself, with other people, with your dream of life, with God, with society, with your parents, with your spouse, with your children. But the most important agreements are the ones you made with yourself. 
In these agreements, you tell yourself who you are, what you feel, what you believe, and how to behave. The result is that you call your the result is what you call your personality. In this agreement, you say, "This is what I am. This is what I believe. I can do certain things, and some things I cannot do. This is reality. That is fantasy. This is possible. That is impossible." One single agreement is not such a problem, but we have many agreements that make us suffer, that make us fail in life. If you want to live a life of joy and fulfillment, you have to find the courage to break those agreements that are fear-based and claim your personal power. The agreements that come from fear require us to expend a lot of energy, but the agreements that come from love help us to conserve energy and even gain extra energy. It's so beautiful. So I was like, okay, so if I'm honest, an agreement that I have is I'm not going to be in a relationship. Right. Mm. That's an agreement I've made with myself Mm -hmm. and one that I'm kind of okay with, but one that I don't know is accurate. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't really know where it came from. And you really take it as truth. I do. And when I know that I've had relationships and I wouldn't mind a relationship. Right. But in my mind, I'm kind of like solidifying that. Yeah. I've heard you say it many times. Yeah. And refer to that many times as though it's the truth and it's unwavering and it's never going to change. So I was like, oh, that's what he means by being willing to have like a new dream and a new like. uh, uh, Yeah. I almost said a new earth. Um, Are you aware of any agreements that, that you have? Yeah. I think a ton. Just that. There will always be scarcity. If I fuck up at all, that will mean some sort of annihilation for me. Because just growing up Mm -hmm. poor and, you know, like not having a safety net, it just feels like if I make one misstep or or that exactly as I am right now is not enough. Ooh, I have that agreement too. That's a big agreement for me. Let's fuck those agreements. Fuck those agreements. (laughs) Um, Cool. Are you ready to talk about the first agreement? I'm so ready. The first agreement is be, be impeccable, impeccable with your word. So, what does that mean? Oh, can I tell you? I wish I would. listened to it. So, the way he defines impeccable in the book is im means without, and the root of the peccable means sin. Mm-hmm. But without sin, as the original interpretation means going against yourself. Mm-hmm. So being impeccable means not doing anything that goes against yourself. I love your true that. nature. Oh. And I, I was just going to say, I think we all are inherently aware mm-hmm. of when we're doing or saying things that go against how we really feel inside. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like an instant like, nope, that's not in line. Well, we just talked about that on another um, weekly beef. With Greg Beckett, the motivational hypnotist, talked about how your super conscious yes. just knows, just knows. And about when we when somebody invites you to do something and you know you don't want to do it. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's, it's true. You do know right away. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, I also wrote that he said, the word is the most powerful tool you have as a human. It is the yes. tool of magic. But like a sword with two edges, your word can create the most beautiful dream or your word can destroy everything around you. And he uses the example of Hitler. Mm-hmm. He says there was one man in Germany not so long ago that just with his word alone mm-hmm. inspired all of these other people to commit some of the most atrocious acts of human on human violence we've ever seen. Yeah. Now it didn't just, it wasn't just his word. There were a lot of people who didn't 
yes. didn't agree, like, weren't impeccable with their word. Of course. Who, who were like, this doesn't feel good, but we're just going to go with it. Well, he's just saying this is what the power of words right. can do. That's right. right? So um, he also says that this first agreement is the most important one yeah. and also the most difficult to honor. It is so important that just with this first agreement, you will be able to transcend to the level of existence I call heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Because um, imagine if you're not saying or doing something, if, if you're in alignment, if your head, your heart, and your feet are in alignment. Yes. What a relief and how freeing that must be. Oh, my God. Yes, because you're just always true to yourself. So you know that anything that comes out is just in line with what you believe. And I also want to say, some of us don't have the freedom to do that. That's right. If you are dependent on your job to stay in your house and yes. not, not lose your home— if your boss makes an inappropriate joke at work and you don't have agency to put him in his place or say, I don't want to hear that mm-hmm. joke, you can't be impeccable with your word in that moment. Right. But it's also about what you don't say as much it is as it is about what you do say. Right. So it's not like Silence say what you're thinking agreement. at every turn. Right. But a lot of it was like, don't gossip. That's just sending poison to other people. It's mm-hmm. ultimately sending poison to yourself mm-hmm. because other people know that you're probably gossiping about them. And I would love to say for people who are like, oh, I never gossip. If you buy Us Weekly, if you buy In Touch, if you buy People Magazine, mm-hmm. you are gossiping. Because you are yes. getting enjoyment off of someone profiting off of invading in somebody's life and making conjecture. Yes. So he says, the human mind is like a fertile ground where seeds are continually being planted. The seeds are opinions, ideas, and concepts. You plant a seed, a thought, and it grows. The word is like a seed, and the human mind is so fertile. The only problem is that too often it is fertile for the seeds of fear. Every human mind is fertile, but only for those kinds of seeds it is prepared for. What is important is to see which kind of seed your mind is fertile for and to prepare it to receive the seeds of love. Thank you. I just also know that this is hard. This is hard because we all know that feeling when somebody asks a question and you want to be truthful, but you don't want to hurt their feelings. And I also know growing up, um, there's a lot of expectation uh, put on people to be people pleasers. Yeah. And it's tough to be impeccable with your word when you also want to please people. Well, uh, after we finished our last weekly buff, Mm -hmm. um, I a friend of mine sent me uh, an article about how to decline an invitation. Mm-hmm. And in that article, it was like, this is really hard for us to be straightforward because the majority of us are people pleasers. Mm-hmm. And so it is hard to just go, no, this is what I think. And I'm being straightforward. It mm-hmm. seems like this very brave act. Yeah, it does. Um, he says every human is a magician. I uh, So, by the way, I put a little what the fuck sticky next to this. Thank you. The end of this. Uh Every human is a magician, and we can either put a spell on someone with our word, or we can release someone from a spell. We cast spells all the time with our opinions. An example, I see a friend and give him an opinion that just popped into my mind. I say, hmm, I see that kind of color in your face and people who are going to get cancer. If he listens to the word, and if he agrees, he will have cancer in less than one year. That is the power of the word. I mean, Gay Hendrix. I said, come the fuck on, Don Miguel, like within one year. Come on. Right. Come on. But I do believe that it is powerful. Yeah. I love the idea. And I remember um, on Molly Hockey's podcast, Spermcast, yes. when she talked with those witches, yes. they were like, uh, casting spells is just using your word. Yes. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But I also don't believe that if I say, Missy, your hair looks a little... Vibrant. Are you sure that you're not using a, a, a non-FDA approved dye on your hair and you probably will get cancer? Like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. It's very, it's very heady. Yes. In that sense. It is. But also he talks about how if you already have an agreement with yourself and somebody says something to reinforce that agreement, that can double down negatively, right? So if you already are feeling like you're I'm stupid. probably going to get cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're already feeling like you're stupid and someone says, you know, you're the dumbest person I've ever met. It's really going to be Thank horrible. You. Yes. It means I'm right. But at the same time, if I have an agreement that I'm stupid and you go, you know, you're really, really smart. I really enjoy learning from you. If I don't let my first agreement go, I won't believe you. That's right. That's exactly right. Did you right, like that delicate burp? We just said Chinese. I did at the same time. <gasps> I just did a little burp. We are doing this podcast what, at the, the same, same time. time. Um, um do you want to move on to the second agreement? <laughs> Sorry, that was so bad. No, it was good. I do. Okay, the I second do. agreement is no. I'm not. I'm not. She's there not yet, there yet. I'm flipping. The second agreement is don't, don't take anything personally. personally. Now, uh, listeners, dedicated listeners who have or, <laughs> or random listeners who've heard the the weekly before my mom was a guest. You know my mom, Linda. Hi, Linda. Linda. Um, we, my mom and I read this book right around the time it came out because, of course, Oprah was like, you got to read yes. this book. And so my mom and I read it, and I remember we had the hardest time with this one because he says, immunity to poison in the middle of hell is the gift of this agreement. Yes. So, Which sounds amazing. It does. So my mom, my mom was like, but if somebody calls you a bitch, how do you not take that personally? Yeah. And at the time, we were both like, I don't know. Now- Decades later from therapy, I do know. Mm -hmm. Because when somebody calls you a bitch, it's not about you. It's It's all about about them. And that's exactly what he says in this agreement. Yes, he does. So he says, nothing other people do is because of you. It is because of themselves. All people live in their own dream, in their own mind. They are in a completely different world from the one we live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what is in our world. And we try to impose our world on their world. Even when a situation seems so personal, even if others insult you directly, it has nothing to do with you. What they say, what they do, and the opinions they give are according to the agreements that they have in their own minds. Their point of view comes from all the programming they received during domestication. If someone gives you an opinion and says, hey, you look so fat, don't take it personally. Because the truth is that this person is dealing with his or her own feelings, beliefs, and opinions. Mm -hmm. That person tried to send poison to you. And if you take it personally, then you take that poison and it becomes yours. Mm -hmm. Taking things personally makes you easy prey for the predators, the black magicians. They can hook you easily with one little opinion and feed you whatever poison they want. And because you take it personally, you eat it up. So the quote that I wrote was... Um, kind of what you can say to yourself when somebody says something. Please. It is not important to me what you think about me, and I don't take what you think personally. What you say, what you do, and the opinions you have are according to the agreements you have made, and these opinions have nothing to do with me. Yes, thank I'm you. I'm rubber, your glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and, and sticks, sticks to you. It sticks back to you. Um, he also says, even if somebody comes up and shoots you in the head, yeah, that even, at that, even at that it's extreme, not about, it's not about you. It isn't about you. Yeah, I mean, unless you... This is where I'm like, okay, but this is where my strategy brain goes to work. I go, mm-hmm. okay, well, what if I shot one of their family members in the head and then they shoot me in the head? That kind of is about me. That is about you. Mm-hmm. Retaliation. But on the flip side of that, he says, whatever people do think, feel, or say, don't take it personally. If they tell you how wonderful you are, they are not saying that because of you. Yeah, You know you are wonderful. It is not necessary to believe other people who tell you that you are wonderful. Don't take anything personally. Misty, you're wonderful. I'm whatever, rubber glue, bitch. (laughs) 
Are you ready for the third agreement? I'm so ready. The third agreement is don't don't make make assumptions. assumptions. No, I assume you think I'm going to start this one. I'm not. Well, not making assumptions. I assumed that I would, so we're both wrong. All of the sadness and drama you have lived in your life was rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. We make the assumption that everyone sees the life the way we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, this they're, they're kind of, they're cumulative, these agreements, right? Yes. So one, I'm impeccable with my word. Two, that allows me to trust that other people are going to be impeccable with their word. And if if they say something that isn't in alignment, I don't have to take it personally because it's about them, mm. right? If they are going to be impeccable with their word, I trust that they're not going to walk up and be like, fuck you, bitch, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Is mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I didn't read it as I trust that other people are going to be impeccable with their word, but like makes you aware when people aren't. Yeah, because truly... If we are just these beautiful creatures that are made of light and made of stars, yeah. uh, if I am made of light and made of stars, my intention isn't going to be like, I just want to make you feel like shit. That's right. Right? So yeah. when somebody is acting that way, they are not in alignment with like their pure self, right? Well, and also, if you are acting in true alignment with your beliefs and your values, Nobody chances think are you're, if somebody's mm-hmm. coming up and being like, you're a bitch, you're like... No, I know I'm not. No, I'm so, not. Yeah. I, or if it, it's it's yeah, I am. I fucked your boyfriend, right? So like that, that I wasn't I wasn't impeccable yeah, with my work. Yeah. Or you go yes, yes, okay. So then this third one, um, which is not making assumptions, really shows. I think we've all hopefully at some point in your life you get the experience where you were disappointed because somebody didn't act the way that you wanted them to act, yeah. and you finally learned they didn't disappoint me. I set up an expectation to be I assumed they would do the same. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he says, we have the tendency to make assumptions about everything. The problem with making assumptions is that we believe that they are the truth. Mm-hmm. We could swear they are real. We make assumptions about what others are doing or thinking. We take it personally. Then we blame them and react by sending emotional poison with our word. Mm-hmm. That is why whenever we make assumptions, we're asking for problems. We make an assumption. We misunderstand. We take it personally. And we end up creating a whole big drama all for nothing. He says, all the sadness and drama you have lived in your life was rooted in making assumptions and taking things personally. Take a moment to to consider the truth of this statement. The whole war of control between humans is about making assumptions and taking things personally. Our whole dream of hell is based on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, war has started because I, I assume that I I deserve that that you have, and right. I'm going to forcefully take it. Yeah. And your assumption is, no, you don't, and I'm right. going to defend it at the root, right? Yeah. And then he also made this statement, um, I'm not exactly sure, but he said, find someone who is exactly the way you want them versus making assumptions that people will change. And I wrote, that's kind of a ridiculous idea. I was mm-hmm. like, I get the idea of not changing them, but it doesn't allow for any growth because people are going to grow and change. Yes, yeah. Maybe then the assumption is, I find you the way you are now, and then I don't assume that you will stay that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or I don't assume anything at all, and I will just stay present and curious. And I will just stay by myself. Without a relationship, because that's the agreement. That's right. That's the agreement we've talked about. He also had a phrasing on the bottom of page 73. Would you mind reading it? I would love to. Um, it's about how to make a habit and change from a black magician to a white magician. Yes. Okay. 
This then is the third agreement, don't make assumptions. Just saying this sounds easy, but I understand that it is difficult to do. It is difficult because we so often do exactly the opposite. We have all these habits and routines that we are not even aware of. Becoming aware of these habits and understanding the importance of this agreement is the first step, but understanding its importance is not enough. Information or an idea is merely the seed in your mind. What will really make the difference is action. Taking the action over and over again strengthens your will, nurtures the seed, and establishes a solid foundation for the new habit to grow. After many repetitions, these new agreements will become second nature. You will see how the magic of your word transforms you from a black magician into a white magician. A white magician uses the word for creation, giving, sharing, and loving. By making this one agreement a habit, your whole life will be completely transformed. When you transform your whole dream, magic just happens in your life. What you need... What you need comes to you easily because the spirit moves freely through you. This is the mastery of intent, the mastery of the spirit, the mastery of love, the mastery of gratitude, and the mastery of life. This is the goal of the Toltec. This is the path to personal freedom. It's so interesting because I was trying to think of examples when I had done that. But every time that I thought of an example, it was something that I had made an assumption of something that would work out well. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh, this, I was like a white magician. Oh, no, I made an assumption that it was all going to be fine. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I'm still looking for that example of just kind of not making an assumption. And maybe it's about like just trusting that whatever comes, I'll be able to handle it. Well, you have such a strategic brain. I do. And it feels like making assumptions is going, okay, what am I preparing for? Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to go like this so I can prepare in this way and strategize. Yeah. And really not making any assumptions at all. Like if we're going camping and we're like, we're not making any assumptions about the weather. Isn't it harder sometimes to pack for every different kind of weather than it is to go, I see black clouds. I'm assuming it's going to rain. I'm just going to grab the umbrella. I'm like, just going to look on my AccuWeather app and thank see what you. the yes. productive. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I, I think we're, and I think because I have a strategy brain, I'm pulling you down into the muck and mire of this. But like I was thinking about when I was 10, there was on our local radio station, WLRW. Thank you. They were having like this, you listen to these 10 songs mm-hmm. and then you call on the 10th song and tell us what those 10 songs were and you win $100. Mm-hmm. And my mom and I were out shopping and we were listening Right on the car radio, and I was like, I'm going to start listening, and I'm going to call in, and I'm going to win $100. And she was like trying to temper my, like, well, don't get your hopes mm-hmm. up. And I was like, no, I'm doing this. And, <laughs> um, and then I was listening, and I listened, and I got the 10th, and I had written them all down. We were home by that time, and I called, and I was caller number 11. Because that time it was a landline and you were like, beep, 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 yes, beep, Yes, I remember. Like, I've done this too. Right? Yes, Hang yes, yes, yes. And, he, and I was like, am I caller 10? He goes, no, you're caller 11. And I go, oh. And he goes, but caller 10 messed up. And I told him all 10 and got $100. Yes. My mom had to go and like I got the check and all that stuff. And, and my mom, I remember she was like the look on her face. She was just like, how did you do that? Yeah. Like it was straight up white magic, yeah. right? But I went in with an assumption that it was going to be work out in my favor yeah so I, I guess this is one I'm I, I struggle with a little bit well it's interesting because manifesting you almost have to go no I already feel it I believe it I see it on my vision board it's going to I've, happen I've told my inner self or spirit or ego or being that we talk it's about it's coming it's coming it's coming it's going to happen and there there have been times where I've just gone oh I know I'm I'm going to run into this person today mm-hmm. I don't know how haven't seen them in years I just know and I have a feeling and I've done it mm-hmm. so you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know how those things work but I, I do think it's also very interesting to think about the positive side of this because so much of this is like don't make assumptions that are bad or whatever mm-hmm. but 
don't make assumptions that are good. Yeah. Like, how do you not assume against anything? But it, it reminds me of the charisma myth mm-hmm. and rewriting reality. Because if you assume someone cut you off because they're on their cell phone, you're going to be way more, more angry mm-hmm. than if you Give are them the benefit assume, of the doubt. Yeah, assume they're in crisis and they're having a medical problem. You're going to have so much more compassion. I assume the whole world is in crisis. And guess we what? We kind of it are. Is. <laughs> do, it's true. Well, do you know the other thing also is I every time somebody's just driving like... 30 miles an hour on the 405, which has like a 65 mile an hour speed limit or something. I'm always like, wait, I just assume everyone's coming from the same sober place that I am. And then I go, well, wait a second. The opioid epidemic is fucking rampant in LA and this person might be having an opioid Listen, problem. And a, like, I don't and know. B, there's a, there's a fucking dispensary on every corner. Yeah. Right. Right. So we, so far we have be impeccable impeccable with with your word word. don't take anything personally don't make make assumptions assumptions. so negative and now it's always do your best um i i i said i think this is when i actually started learning what quote my best was and how to define it because you know for so long i really struggled with what is my best what is my best name cool yeah yeah i have no idea what my best is or isn't it's tough it changes on the day it sure do yeah um what's yours the best that I can do in that moment. Yeah. So here's what he says. Letting go of the past means that you can enjoy the dream that is happening right now. If you live in a past dream, you don't enjoy what is happening right now because you will always wish it to be different than it is. Mm. There is no time to miss anyone or anything because you are alive. Not enjoying what is happening right now is living in the past and being only half alive. Yeah. So he's inviting you to be in the in the present moment. He's inviting you to... Oh, Misty's got to say it. Uh, which sounds so nice when you just sure. write it down. Sure. There's not ever going to be a day that goes by that I don't wish my dad were still alive. You're that right. I don't wish. I, like, if you were like, Misty, you can transport back to 2012 right fucking now. I'd be like, peace. I'll do this all over again. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things. And, and I think Eckhart Tolle addresses some of this in, in A New Earth as well. But it's like logically that makes sense and yes we only have the thing in front of us and there's going to be other people and other connections but like sometimes there are things where you're like that's never not going to be 100 wishing for the past 100 percent. and i don't know what a, a, a toltec a practitioner would say yeah but i'm just guessing here that part of that is our programming right and yeah. our agreements that when people are gone, you we miss them. We miss them, right? And we well, and and the agreement. The world was a safer place when my dad was here. Right. I was so valued and loved by my dad. So does some of my value diminish if he's not here? Yeah. Or an agreement that maybe I thought my dad's always going to be around, or my yeah. dad, or or I'm going to have my dad till he's seventy five or whatever. Those are agreements that our parents give us when we ask a small children. We say. Are you going to die? And they say, oh, honey, I'm going to be around for a long, for long, a long time. Long, you don't have time. to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, so when he's gone, when he's 50, it's like, wait a minute. Okay. That was not the agreement the that fuck? I had. Yeah. yeah. So, and I get it, right? Like, yeah. I, I think what he's saying is interesting and it's it's executable, but it's it makes some hard choices. It does. It does. And he says, so the fourth agreement is about the action of the first three. Mm-hmm. Always do your best. Under any circumstance, always do your best. No more. And no less, yes. which is interesting. I didn't know that there was a more than your best, but 
I think there can be. Like, do the best and don't try to put any extra on top of it. Yeah. But keep in mind that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next. Yes. Everything is alive and changing all the time. So your best will sometimes be high quality and other times it will be not as good. When you wake up refreshed and energized in the morning, your best will be better than when you are tired at night. Mm -hmm. Your best will be different than when you are healthy as opposed to sick Mm -hmm. or sober as opposed to drunk. Mm -hmm. Your best will depend on whether you are feeling wonderful and happy or upset, angry, or jealous. In your everyday moods, your best can change from one moment to another, from one hour to the next, from one day to another. Your best will also change over time. As you build the habit of the four new agreements, your best will become better than it used to be. Oh, sorry. Oh, just regardless of the quality, keep doing your best, no more and no less than your best. He says, when you don't do your best, you are denying yourself the right to be you. Right? And I do think that's so interesting. I think a lot of us, or either on the whole or in certain areas are kind of raised with the assumption or the expectation that we have to hide ourselves or we aren't capable of certain amounts. Yes. Or we self-sabotage. Or we wear social masks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting to think about it as like, if I would think about now of me doing my best, what was the real me capable of in that moment, Mm -hmm. then that's a different way of thinking than what is the best I could do. Because for me, the way my brain works, the best I could do is, well, I would have gone back in time 24 hours ago and I would have gotten better sleep. I would have, you know, set aside time to prep more. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, but thinking about like, what is, what was, what was the right to be me in that moment? Like what was the authentic me, right? Mm. Well, I was tired and I was distracted. And so it wasn't the best audition. Right. Okay. Right. You know? Oh, God, it's so hard and scary in practice, though. Yeah, it really is. Because I know whenever I'm talking to someone who is, like, superior in rank to me at work, I just get a little more people-pleasing and a little higher, and I'm not my authentic. Or sometimes if they're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, oh, I wasn't expecting that answer. And it's just like. so tough. Well, also in a world where people aren't used to people being super authentic, it's like. um, But no, I, I. The thing about this book is that it it feels it's only 140 pages. It feels very simple. It's big font. It's not teeny tiny font. Yeah, no. You can read this in an afternoon even if you're a slow reader yeah. like I am. It is like the most simple, accessible, pared down version of a new earth. Ugh. Because no, it is though because it's like don't take anything personally covers like the entire thing about the ego. And, you know, it's like, it's like a very... Then listen, I love the Toltecs because yes. it didn't need Eckhart Tolle to come along and expand it into 60,000 well, I mean, words. Well, I mean, do you disagree? Like, this is... So, it touches on a lot of the same stuff, I don't, just in a more accessible way. Uh, fine. I'll be honest with you. I can't remember A New Earth because it was so... <laughs> windy and whirlpooly. Thank you. Thank you. Swirling around. He says, when you master these four agreements and practice them, you transform hell into heaven. The dream of the planet is transformed into your personal dream of heaven. Yes. And Toltecs thought that the reward was to transcend the human experience of suffering to become the embodiment of God. So that reminded me of when things fall apart. Yes. A little bit. So that we are constantly suffering and as opposed to like a Buddhist mindset where I am just trying to live in the present moment. I'm not trying to fix hot or cold because those things will go on forever. I am just letting myself experience this moment as it is and not yeah. trying to fix it. That that's how I transcend suffering. Yes. And I just love that do your best is such a wonderful caveat. Mm-hmm. Cause he's, he says in this chapter, like 
you're not always going to be impeccable with your word. You're not always going to be able to not make assumptions or to take things personally. (laughs) So at any given time, do your best. If you just made an assumption, go, oh, okay, I made an assumption. I'm going to try not to do that next time. That's what my family always has said. Just do the best you can. Just do the best you can. You can. Mm -hmm. You can. Mm -hmm. A lot of my family has a Canadian accent. So do the best you can, eh? Go out in the world. Oh, go out in the world. Go out in the world. Do the best you can. Do the best you can, eh? Um, he talks a lot about breaking old agreements. Yes. So young children are free and wild and living in the present moment. They are truly free and the rest of us are not. Yes. The first step towards personal freedom is awareness. We need to be aware that we are not free in order to be free. Sounded a little Eckhart Tolle, but Thank I was you. here we for are it. the awareness that is aware that there's an awareness. Oh, good. Thank and then you. it made me think about like when I left my jobby job. Jabby job. When I was like a, a nine to five, eight to five consultant. Yes. In order, and I left to be a full-time improviser. How long did you do that for? Two full years. Mm. Um, and it was, I loved the firm, but I could not. It was not the right job for me. It was a long me. time. Um, I w- had to be aware that I was not free in order to make another choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it says, that's why it is important to master your own dream. That is why the Toltecs became dream masters. Your life is a manifestation of your dream. It is an art. And you can change your life anytime you aren't enjoying the dream. To be a Toltec is a way of life. No leader, no followers. You have your own truth and you live your own truth. Yes. And he says, you have the power to create hell and you have the power to create heaven. Why not dream a different dream? Why not use your mind, your imagination, your and your emotions to dream heaven? I dreamed a dream in time gone by When hope was high and life worth living I dreamed that love would never die That life was and God forgiving but the tigers come at night With their voices soft as thunder As they tear your dreams apart As they turn your dreams to shame he spent a summer. He says that there are, thank you, there are three mysteries that lead people, <laughs> three masteries, not three mysteries, three masteries that lead people to become Toltecs. Yeah. First, the mastery of awareness, to be aware of who we really are with all the possibilities. Two, the mastery of transformation, how to change, how to be free of domestication. And three, the mastery of intent, the part of life that makes transformation of energy possible, the one living being that seamlessly encompasses all energy, what we call, quote, God. Intent is life itself. It is unconditional love. Therefore, the mastery of intent is the mastery of love. Hmm. Also, I hope everybody was full on belting that song with us if they were in their car or at home. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. We did Les Mis when I was in high school. <gasps> wow. Yeah, we had an amazing Jean Valjean. Um Sam's Nick Allen. He's awesome. Oh. oh my God, he's amazing. Uh, I was Fontaine's no. understudy. Okay. Because guess who I really was? I was Madame Tenardier. Mm. You know I was. Comedic relief, baby. Of the house. Le, 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 le. That's a great. Oh God. Did you ever get to play Fontaine? Uh, in like some dress rehearsals, but she was always there and healthy. I know. No, no. <laughs> Can't we Nancy Kerrigan her? Um, I just have a few uh, more thoughts. Uh, yeah. uh, he talks about humans who are domesticated are sick and that 
Uh, it's mm-hmm. a parasite of the mind. The freedom we seek is to use our own body and mind to live our own life instead of the life of the belief system. And warriors fight against that parasite. So yeah. I think he's actually mentioning like, this is hard work. Yeah, he this says is really this is hard. hard. It's not always going to go well, but you just always do your best. Just keep coming back to those four That's right. paradigms. And the dis- thank you. The decision to adopt the four agreements is a declaration of war against the parasite to reclaim your freedom. Warriors refrain from expressing emotion and have control over them until they choose to express emotions in the right moment. That one I was like, "Mm." Mm. and then he talks a lot about prayers at the end. But that's kind of the book. It's really, it's really beautiful and wonderful, and and simple and straightforward. And Misty, whom do you think this book is perfect for? I think this book is really great for people who want to dip their toe into the woo-woo pool. The woo-woo whirlpool. Okay, woo-woo waiting whirlpool. Yeah, because it it's it's not so abstract and hard to understand mm-hmm. as some of like Eckhart Tolle's writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's quick. Like if I there's agree. somebody who's like, I don't have a lot of time, I but I wanna... want some food for thought. Yeah. Um, that's who I think it's great for. And and my question for you is, what do you think he got right, and what do you think he got wrong? Well, listen. I think it's a it's a, an unfair question because he's talking about Toltec wisdom. So, like in that sense, right uh, or wrong is tough to say. I guess I guess uh, for a woman in modern day mm. Western society, yes. how do you think this book serves or doesn't? Well, I think for people in Western society, I think it really serves us well because I think for for anyone that constant negative or like the the things that we tell ourselves or the agreements that we've had with ourselves, this yeah. universal. Um, assumptions yeah. that we've been fed, the, how we've been domesticated is interesting. Yeah. And so much of what we keep hearing is awareness is the biggest step mm-hmm. to breaking free of these things mm-hmm. and these thought patterns. So this is this to me is just bringing a lot of awareness. I also think a lot of anxiety is rooted in worrying about what others think. Oh, my God. And so to just take that third agree- or second agreement third agreement that nothing is about you don't take anything don't take anything personally really kind of helps free you up and when you start recognizing that everyone is in their own mind everyone is walking around the world thinking about themselves it kind of frees you up to stop worrying about what everybody else is thinking about you because they're not thinking about you yes and that when you are in alignment with with how you feel and your intention and the way that you act and if you're impeccable with your word you can worry less about how other people interpret that yes I agree. So I think that, that that would be a nice way to kind of operate and behave. Yeah, that one's easier said than done, but totally. Well, I sure didn't get it from a book, but I sure did from group therapy. Yeah, but the awareness is the first step. So for now sure. you can start practicing and being aware of the times that you are taking it personally, which for me is a lot. Should we give ourselves the same homework? Yes, or is there anything that you've put into practice from this book already? I feel like um, from when I was reading this book and when I was in therapy and started my journey many years ago on uh, self-awareness and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. self-improvement. I really don't take things personally. In fact, I had this week, I was with um, a person who was providing me a service and they said something that was very uh, inappropriate and could have, an old me would have really hurt my feelings. But it wasn't about me and I immediately knew it wasn't about me at all. And I just listened and the more she talked, the more I figured out, oh, that's not about me at all. That's about your old life and the the baggage that you have. God, that's so interesting. Yeah. I'm glad that that's helped provide some yeah. protection. It really has. And yeah. I think group therapy has helped because coming back week after week with the same people and having people 
explain to me yeah. why they said this thing that hurt my feelings and hearing over and over and over that it really was never about me at all. Oh my God. Was like empirical data that I needed to like Holy really shit. learn that lesson. Yeah. Oh my God, what an incredible and difficult experience that sounds like. Totally. And hurting somebody else's feelings when I didn't intend to. Yeah. And being able to explain to them, here's what was going on for me and hearing them, well, here's how I took it and just kind of learning like, oh, Jesus, we're all just little babies walking around and like bouncing off of each other. Oh, my God. I wish you could have seen my face when Zach and I went into couples therapy and I discovered I had been projecting my own issues onto him because it's not something I was remotely aware of and I didn't think I was a person who projected. And when I had that moment, you should have seen the shock on my face and the instant (laughs) compassion of like, it was never about you. It was always about me. I never knew. I never fucking knew. I love it. Um, What do you think about this book, having listened? I think it's lovely. Have you ever read it? Never read it. But I feel like it's on the list of books my mom has given me over the years. <laughs> well, now you can tell her that you've read it. Yeah, yeah. Mama Sav. Mama Sav. Mama Sav. Mama Sav, Mama Sama, Makusa. Mama Sav, Mama Sama, Makusa. Listen, I don't know why we're singing so much, but... I sing everything Sav, reminds me of a song. Poor Sav is probably like, you guys, I work with real singers, and oh, I'm just... Great. Well, you're a real singer, but my voice is... Am I a real singer? You are. You sing a lot, and you sing well, and my voice is like resting on the back of my throat. I would say that that's an agreement that you have with yourself. I would. <laughs> oh, because, I thought you were saying about you. I was like, no, I do agree that you're a, a great singer. Oh, thank you. No, but what I mean is, Lisa, you nail that theme song every episode because you know we sing it live every episode when we're coming into the intro. That is 100% and always, a true agreement. It always sounds the same well, because we're that practice. I couldn't be more grateful for our four agreements uh, exploration and this 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 journey. Me too. And um, do we want to give homework or do we want to... Well, what if we um, what if we pay attention to something that feels like it was like when when it feels like it's about us and how yeah. we kind of like process that? I love that. And if you guys have any instances of that and you want to send those in, please do hit us slide up in our DMs. That's not at all how they say that. How um, do they say it? Slide into my DMs. Slide into our DMs. Slide up. Slide up, right up. Slide just cram yourself far up in there. Right up into our DMs. Jam yourself up into just our DMs. Rip into our DMs, either on Twitter Consensually. or <laughs> Twitter or um, Instagram, or email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to listen at the end, all of our social media tags will be there as well. Thank you. You guys. Life, life is abundant. Wait, wait. Life is abundant. <laughs> Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at ghypodcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.